always make sure you have a justification that is working in the client's favor, yes. not mm. in your own. On this episode of Analysis Paralysis, I'm talking to one of my mentors, AJ. He is a great salesperson. He's excellent at what he does, and he's very humble, kind, and he's given me a lot of guidance over the years, and he's always been very willing to help. I figured that not everyone has mentors. Um, I think you really do need them to grow in what you do. So I figured I'd record this call with him, and he's just giving me some general advice of things that I was going through in my business, and I figured I can share it with some other people, and, and hopefully they would get something from it as well. We're talking about a lot of general sales-type things, difficulties I'm going through at the moment with some clients and, and ways to present what you're trying to do, maybe trying to get paid. How do you do that when, when an issue arises? So enjoy the episode. This one I touch base on a, on an individual standpoint. Yeah, so I just wanted to see how you're doing and what's, what's new, what's going on. Yeah, so things have been going well. Um, I actually... A lot of it's been really figuring out what it is that I do. I know that last we spoke, I was kind of trying to figure that out. And I actually just sold a company based in Arizona, a painting company, and it's for a $17,000 deal, mm -hmm. like twelve, thirteen thousand 13000 annualized. And the project implementation is like three or four grand. So I kind of decided like that's my new minimum uh, in terms of taking on a client. It's going to be like around fifteen to 20000 contract. And that's like the minimum nice. client that I want to take on board now. So I started to raise my prices and realize too, like I need to hire someone badly. Like I'm at a point where I could get through this on my own, but right. you know, I, I need to be able to hire someone. And then I was looking at my pricing and I'm just like, I'm giving people a lot of support and I'm just not charging enough for my services at the end of the day. And I looked at a couple of my larger clients and I looked at what I was charging them over the course of the year and how many hours were put into maintaining their account. And they were not at all a profitable client, which the, was, wasn't really planning on them being. But there's a certain mm -hmm. point now where they're actually relying on our services pretty significantly that I should at least start, you know, turning them into a proper client in some regard. So I've been Absolutely. working toward that this year. Absolutely. And, and just make sure that, you know, you are well equipped for all the objection handling, mm -hmm. because regardless if they think you're next to nothing, you're not even toilet paper money for them on the mm -hmm. line item any increase in price has to be justified, right? So yep. keep that in mind. Now, it's not because I'm not paying myself enough or it's, it's always, hey, look, we've increased the hours it's taken to maintenance because, you know, you're growing uh, as an organization. You know, you need, we need to put another 10, 15 more hours a week based on your maintenance. And so mm -hmm. it's not like you're increasing their pricing. You're increasing the time it's taken because it's more work. So that's justifiable. Mm -hmm. The other aspect is, hey, we're increasing our rates because now, great news is, is that uh, we're not trying to gouge you at all. We are putting more dedicated resources to all of our clients so we can show more commitment to our investment in them. So although I've increased your rate by, uh, you know, $25 per hour or whatever it may be, I've also invested $50 per hour sort of dedicated resource. So I'm still, mm. you're still getting a subsidized rate, but now you're going to get more dedicated resources and we'll be able to service you a lot better. So mm -hmm. always make sure you have 
a justification that is working in the client's favor, yes. not in your own ever. And you know all this, sorry. But I no, it's good. No, sure it's, 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 this is great. Like, it, it's really nice hearing it. And you put it very concisely and in a good way that it really like, you know, it sticks with me. And, you know, with, with this specific scenario with them as well, there's a lot of churn going on within the company right now. The, there's going to be a new executive director and there's a lot of different roles that are kind of being shaken up a little bit. So I was actually just pulled into a meeting the other day with their executive director that's leaving and their CFO. And we were talking through a couple of things and really just getting to the point of, hey, you know, we don't have any processes built out for the company. Like if we hire an employee, like now that there's a lot of people leaving, what do we do? Like what are what software do we have to get them off of? What information is important? And all these things like that were coming into play. And I'm like, this is mm-hmm. something that we've been trying to implement for a while now. The problem is we haven't really had a point person that we could talk to within the company. Sometimes we're talking mm-hmm. to this person, sometimes this person, and then we'll implement it for a couple employees, but it wouldn't trickle down to the rest of the employees. So like this is one of our services. Like you need more of our service but it's a matter of we really do need to understand who this point person is going to be. And they completely agree, understand. So now I'm kind of working through shifting up uh, their services a little bit. Like they understand that the price is going to be increased. But now I need to kind of figure out really just how many hours I guess I'm going to be putting into maintaining them from month to so, month. But like, you know, it seems like I'm going deeper you, with them. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let me ask you a quick question, though, also, and preemptively as well. Mm-hmm. Always thinking about, you know, six months ahead, eight months ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? How do you build them right now, month to month? Yeah, so I essentially, they they sign an annual agreement that right now it's around 2300 a month. And it's just a matter of the, the consistency of that is helpful for me. And some of that is the yeah. software cost of the CRM and everything like that. And I'm trying to get away from doing just like here's a project and need to work on it but right now they're they're about to roll into their application period so i probably 30 40 50 hours into it for this year so i'm thinking i need to figure out a way too. like i can't just be billing them monthly and then all of a sudden have a massive project like this coming up where they need me significantly so i'm probably gonna have to bill them for the 30 40 50 hours that i'm putting into the application the thing is budget is tight and a lot of things are changing and all this stuff is going on and the problem is the work has to get done and I pretty much have to be involved in it. So I'm the kind of person that, as bad as it sounds, like I need to do the work before worrying about the money because they need this to be done. They're launching in three days. And without me, they wouldn't be able to do it. So it's just that's like, fine. you know, that's it, and that's where as it's long as con- Yeah, but as long as you're protected, it's contract- contractually. Because okay. here's the thing. I always give this advice to my sales guys, and that is three wide, three deep. Unless you and don't come to me with a deal signed or even... Like, you're talking to someone, I need you on the call to close this, help me close this deal. I'm like, who are we speaking to? Well, we're speaking to the VP of sales. Okay, good. What happens if he gets fired tomorrow? What is, what is it like? Who has visibility into this? Who do we have a shared vision with? Mm-hmm. Because unless we have three wide, three deep, and as far as you can go, if you're sitting in front of the CFO, good for you, Alex, but he could also get fired, right? Yep. So the more eyes on this, the better. Mm. And even if it's lower down, you get people doing things for you and you get some rumors inside. Like it's the lower guys who will say, yo, it's big shakeup happening. You know, some of our vendors not getting paid because at the end of the day, now you're in a unique situation in the sense that if he's saying, you know, we want to get this implemented in the next three days, say absolutely. Um, let's just get this paperwork signed up. What's the paperwork? Well, you know, I want to get uh, going on this, but here's a, uh, here's a 12-month retainer. or uh, they t- They're tight for cash. They don't have to give you all up front, mm-hmm. but it's a commitment that they're going to pay you 30, 60, 90, 120 days, the entire amount for ongoing services at a minimum of, you know, 
30 hours a month and with, with the rest time materials, right? Because mm-hmm. unless you have leverage, Alex, you're just, you're just a lackey, right? They get mm-hmm. you what they need and you cannot control it, this, this things are in your circle of control and outside of your circle of control. So it's okay for you to express that to them. Say, guys, you know, if they say, hey, what's this? Say, Come on, Alex, we want you to get up and running. I say, absolutely, I want to make sure we do this, but I want to make sure that we will set expectations very clearly on both sides. I am going to put aside everything, my entire business, to focus with you guys in the next three days to get mm-hmm. you up and running. I want to make sure that this is not a one-trick pony or one-time hit. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page, that if I'm investing my time and putting projects aside to do so, then you also invest in me. And, and here's the paperwork to reflect that in some kind of retainer or it's like, you know, we'll pay you the whole year over the next 60 days, days. Or it's a contractual that if you guys, if these guys leave, then, then whoever the next executive is, they have to honor the contract or you go accounts payable or, or collections because they owe you the money, right? Mm-hmm. Now, services are a little tight because you haven't rendered the services yet, but um, it is you can get into a retainer because that money is 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 they can they can use. So if they give you a retainer, you have twelve thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars, and you draw against that, then I don't know. You have to assess it, mm-hmm. but make sure you have some leverage. You don't want to be in that situation where you're doing hardcore work for the next three days, four days straight. And then basically executive change. They don't want to honor anything. They got no money in the bank or on yeah. the books and they need to make cuts. And and that's it. And it always starts with, you know, the C-suite, mate. You know what I mean? Because they're the ones who are running the show, not the VP or not the manager that mm-hmm. you've been hanging out with because you're no one to them unless you're in the room, like you mentioned, with the executives. Mm-hmm. And shared vision. You know, you've, you've done a good job of sharing your vision with them. And that's why they're like, yeah, we need you to implement this process and set it up. Mm-hmm. That you know how much I charge for that? Honestly, it's about fifteen thousand, sixteen thousand dollars a week with some clients. Oh, because wow. once you get that vision and the roadmap and 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 just the the layout of the process, mm-hmm. you can't take it back. Once you present it, you can't take it back. Right? I can't say now I'd like to charge for that. They're like, for what? For your idea? Thank you. Fuck off. Okay. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's just it's just enough. So you're in a good position. No one knows the relationship you have better than you. So don't let me mm-hmm. mess that vision up or that relationship up. Because, But one thing I also know is that if it's with these guys or if it's the next guy, it's always about setting expectations. They've seen the proof of your pudding. They need you. You're in a great leverage position. Just make sure that you're able to articulate in such a manner that they respect your position. I guarantee you, if you weren't a one-man band, if you were an organized company, a Deloitte & Touche, if you were a consulting firm, they know that they have to pay the $20,000 retainer or they have to pay the Europe front in order to get mm-hmm. the guys in the room. And even then, there's change orders, change mm-hmm. order, change order. So that's another thing you could do also is in your contract is like, you know, this is what I'm coming to do. Anything outside of this is change order. They've already paid you for some of the work, um, but anything else, oh, CFO, you need to sign up on this change order because um, the change order in- includes what I'm going to do for you for the next three days. You'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're already a line item. You're just getting additional mm-hmm. funds. And that's where you make sure you get additional funds. So just just mm-hmm. ask the right questions. Make sure you're talking to the right people ultimately. And make sure if you feel any risk, then you protect yourself with risk, right? Anyway, yeah. cool. No, no so uh, that, that sounds like – so like I guess that's where it's interesting because – 
right now, part of the struggle is figuring out a fair, you know, pricing. Like that's where I'm kind of messed up right now where I know I'm not charging enough, but I guess I don't necessarily know what I should be charging or the best way to do it where, yeah, like sometimes the, ne the next few days are going to be super hectic and they've been. So it's like, do I just treat this one like project or do I just say, you know, we're just going to roll this into the monthly and just have a larger kind of monthly and then dealing with that. And realistically, like what you mentioned, I have the, this client that I just sold and I told him, you know, I'm going to be out of commission for the first week of February and, and the end of January because I have this client and I need to fully focus on them. So I am actually not turning away business. I sold the business, but I'm setting an expectation with one of my other clients that I just sold to pretty much be like, I want to get started with you guys, but I can't yet or put all of my effort into it yet because of this. So I guess mentally yeah. I am putting the, the, the time and investment and everything into this, but I, I probably have not actually made that clear enough to them yeah you haven't and you know what it's okay you could be like okay guys so you're gonna have me for the next four uh, days straight here's my change order because then the monthly stays that where it's at um that's subject to change based on you know additional work this is above and beyond work if i need to be paid for this uh, hey, or just sign off this uh, it's a change order it's three uh, three days dedicated my time and because uh, they don't know if you you know got employees to do other mm -hmm. the other work You've been paying them a reduced rate. That's why you charge them the hourly. Or that's why you charge them the monthly. This is Alex. That's what they're getting. And Alex is basically going to dedicate his time. And his exchange order. This is a three days work for full-time work. It's approximately X amount of thousand dollars and whatever it may be. And they sign off on it. The CFO signs off on it. And you get going right away. And you dedicate mm -hmm. whatever time you need. But yeah, and they don't have to write you a check right away. It's just that that change order goes into billing. And so you're going to get an additional check outside your monthly for this additional work that you're mm -hmm. doing for them because it doesn't come under the monthly. Yeah. And uh, and who knows? They might say, yeah, you just add it to the hours. Say, okay, great. I'm going to send you an email. Can you just approve that? Confirm mm -hmm. that. I'll add it to my next month. But I just need a confirmation. Otherwise, you know, I would. I would just keep asking for more and more until you say no. Okay. Why wouldn't I? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right? So anyway, so yeah. so you you assess it. So, uh, but there's there's your couple of angles which you've already been thinking about. So just make sure that you, again, it's a mindset, right? So you went from small to to larger to mid size. Now you're getting a bit bigger. It's about if you don't have a, a scalable business like me and you, we're in the same yep. position. Yeah, I, yep. I don't have it. I don't have a scalable business. Mm -hmm. So that means every hour has to be worth. Yep. 10 times more, mm -hmm. 20 times more. Like how much can I possibly get from an LC from AJ? And it all depends on what you can leverage at the time. And if the client says, I need you badly, Alex, I need mm -hmm. this done in the next three days, there's your leverage. Mm -hmm. Not gouging them, but saying, okay, guys, if that's the case, I got to make a sacrifice and let's make sure, let's get this done. I'll commit to doing this, but I got to put aside, I, I can't take two other projects. Mm-hmm. Because of okay. you, right? So it's just make, taking advantage of the situation. But it's truth, though. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. You told this guy, I can't sign your projects for the next two weeks because I'm doing this. Yep. So, you know, put yourself in that position and, okay. and show them that you're worth more. So yeah. a question with this, since we're kind of in similar areas here, like what I've been realizing a lot lately is documentation is incredibly important. So like when I've been working with this client on this year, kind of working on the application, I've been trying to document absolutely everything. Any step that we take, anything that we're doing in the CRM and the system or organization or decisions we're making, I'm trying to document it because I feel like that's part of the value I'm giving. And I wish I had this documentation last year when we were doing this because we're making a lot of similar mistakes that we made last year. So it's like, is that part of the value that you're supplying 
with this? Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what is this tangible thing that I could give and be like, this is part of what you're paying for, and this is, there, there's a lot of value in this. Yeah. I mean, documentation is important for yourself 100%, especially when you justify everything you've done. But documentation on the, on the flip side is basically them asking you to build a playbook. So I've done that in the past where they say, okay, build out our process. Mm-hmm. Sales process, great. Okay, so I'll build out your sales process, and I'll give them generic playbook items that obviously that's what they're paying for, right? So if I'm saying, I'm gonna, you want me to build out your entire um, process, great. I'm going to build you a playbook where when AJ leaves, you guys can implement this playbook. And mm-hmm. a lot of times the guys say, uh, one guy said to me, like, okay, AJ, we've been using your playbook for a while, but we're not getting the same impact. Well, that, of course you're not. These are just fundamentals. Mm. As far as, as far as, and the fundamentals are important, but as far as implement, implementing these fundamentals, then you need an Alex, you need an AJ to do that. Yep. And I'll be more happy to you know, offer my services to continue. So every time you get a new sales team, every time you get some new hires, whatever it may, give me a call. I'll come in, do a bit of a crash course for a couple mm-hmm. of days and make sure that they understand the principles uh, of 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 these fundamentals, right? And, and there's the principles, and it's about implementing. Because you can never teach style; you can mm. only teach the principles. If they have the core competency, great. Style is something that you can share and try, right? But mm-hmm. you can't. So that's what makes you unique, right? The minute you are able to teach style, then you're done. You're done. You're You know, they don't need you anymore. They don't need to call you anymore. You always give them yeah. documentation as to process because process is is what they expect. They're like, okay, uh, great. Alex wrote this process playbook. Who's going to present ah, it yeah. or implement it? And they're like, not me. Mm-hmm. Okay, can someone call Alex in for the day so he can present to the whole team? And that's it. And then you, every time you go in there, you're fucking interviewing Alex. Mm-hmm. Every time you go in there, you sell yourself. And they look and they're like, guy's not that expensive but he's fucking great mm-hmm. so let's make sure that we get him in every single time yes he justified the cost because we have a playbook then that's more of you know smoke and mirrors for them mm-hmm. now some of them will say thank you and they'll you know user adoption user yeah adoption no that's small, that's a good right? point yeah i guess really i'm really just making writing the do- documentation for myself so i can do this and like next year i need to be reminded and be efficient with it but at the end of the day, they're probably going to be overwhelmed by the documentation, if anything. Like, it's a nice to have, but will they actually implement it? It's like, no, they're really going to contact us to implement it. And I guess that's a 100%. good position to be in. Okay, I, I hadn't yeah. really thought of it that way. That okay. And make it make it generic enough where you can you can white label it because mm-hmm. who wants to double the work? I have a playbook, mm-hmm. seventy two pages. I've white labeled it like five mm-hmm. times. It's just every business is a little different because of the way their their value proposition, what makes them different, what's their niche, what why are they so cool? And you're like, absolutely, I'm going to build a playbook specifically with your your business process or your your end customer or your target. You know, what are your objectives? And then I'll build out the key. Uh, results based on that. So objectives, it's, it's a Google thing, right? Driving results uh, by, by by objectives, right? So you have the objectives for the year, then you have personal objectives, team objectives. And so what are the tactical things we're going to do to get to those objectives? And then what are the measurable, uh, what are the key measurable items that we're going to be show accountability that we've hit those objectives or we're doing something towards it? And that's it. I mean, mm-hmm. reinventing, not reinventing the wheel here, but again, you're leaving just enough off the table where they're like, let's call Alex. And remember, 
don't give them an encyclopedia where like, what the fuck? This is what we paid for? Because then you lose value. Mm -hmm. You lose value because then all of a sudden they're like, this is encrypted. We can't even understand it. You give them the principles and fundamentals of the process and how it should how it should work. And they're like, yeah, this is so simple. This is amazing. Again, ain't no one implementing it, no matter how simple you make it. It just has to be simple enough mm. for them to say, great value, great value, and technical enough for them to say, oh, yeah, there's substance here. Right? But, okay. but again, it's, it, you did actually do this for them, right? And, and they were happy with the results. Mm-hmm. So you're not pulling the wool over their eyes. You're just not going to be one of those guys that they call once and they have not to call mm-hmm. again. I bought a printer. I don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I bought a computer. I don't need you anymore. I bought a telephone. It does what you said it was going to do, and I'm going to keep it for the next 20 years. Um, no, it's it's the concept of communication. Mm-hmm. You don't actually give them the device. Mm-hmm. They need to call you every time they want to speak to someone. Yeah, no, that's, that's super helpful. That makes a lot of sense, and I guess really – it's a mindset shift for me now a little bit for, for how I'm doing documentation. Um, that That's a good way to think about doing it. And at the end of the day, I, I really do think that I need to hire someone, even from the mindset of having someone that could be more dedicated on the billing and the invoicing and understanding like when that should be going on, because that's something that I kind of struggle with where I'm working, I have to do this stuff. It's tough to like deal with the billing aspect or when it becomes a project and everything, when there's so much that I have to be doing and then also selling my company and all of this. So I, I guess that's almost where I need help. And and someone should actually be able to help me just charge clients what I should be charging them and it should pay for their wage. Like, it, you know, like that's the way that I'm starting to see it at a certain point. Good. That's exactly. I mean, I, that's the one thing I hate doing is mm-hmm. invoicing because just the, the, the actual work of doing it. Mm-hmm. But I feel that I can't, I feel like I can't offload this yet because that's where I write a lot of stuff. Now, I don't tell the client that I'm writing the invoice and I'm like, you know, I'm picking up the phone when someone calls and I'm the receptionist and I'm yep. like, no, no, no. The uh, perception is that, yo, this is an established organization and we're lucky enough to get the head of it in our room when we're talking. And when they say, okay, so billing, this and that, I say, look, guys, it's pretty much it's like this, but you know what? I'll get my assistant to send over the invoicing. Because then you don't have, when they say, hey, what the fuck is this? You're like, what? And they're like, what? What is this line item? You're like, hold on, let me let me let me, let me take a look at that. Okay, okay, I see what my assistant did. Yeah, yeah. oh, now, that's guys, excellent. This is this is what we discussed. So so let's just meet halfway through because I know what she did here. This is based on our. This is how I typically do it anyway uh, with other clients. But I know we have a, an arrangement. Let's just meet halfway. Get this sorted. Let me add this. You don't have to get to go through the nitty and gritty because then if you're everything, then they're like, listen, Alex. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you $25 an hour to piss off. You know what I mean? Like, yep. just keep it this way. Yeah, so you don't have to. If if, if you need it because you don't have the time, then absolutely go ahead and do it. I like to be hands-on, but I hate doing it. So I know eventually i got to get someone else to do it. But I tell people, perception-wise, that people don't really know how many people are in my company mm-hmm. and that it's just me. Or they think that I have a billing person, I have an executive assistant, I have someone who, you know, who, who does a lot of the documentation, really, it's just me, but mm-hmm. um, what's it called? You never, you try not to show all your cards and try not to give everything. When I say show all your cards when you're at a meeting, unless you're interviewing for the business, always want them wanting more. Mm-hmm. But but I won't go into that right now because, you know, that's something we can discuss. But no, no, uh, Alex, I like what you just said there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I can go into detail, but let's have uh-huh. that offline. Let's, 
let's set up a call for that. Let's, let, you know what, let's, let's just get this paperwork out of the way first because I'm really excited to move forward with you guys. Let's just get the, the, the maintenance stuff out of the way and, and let's move forward. I'm, I'm ready to move. And what is your hourly? Oh, it's very simple. I'll put a package together for you guys because online is. I, I thought you guys would need about you know four hours a, uh, a week. You're actually going to need about 12. And here's the thing. I'm not the cheapest guy out there, but I'm not the most expensive. The thing is, I'm a local. Um, you're going to get the dedicated attention. My team is growing. I have the resources. I have the experience. So, you know, look, I'm not going to do what I do with other typical clients and charge you up front. Let's just go for the first month. See how you like it. If you're happy with my services, then we can talk about a retainer. Then we can talk about, you know, you know, giving you guys a special rate if you pay up front. But just for the first month, let's just make sure that you're happy with my services. So you're just throwing these things in their mm. mind. And you've always, they, they can never say to you, well, you never told us that. You never told us that. You always, the first month is a freebie. Hey, you get it at a reduced rate. I'll bill you after. If you like my services and everything I said, then I've just set the expectation that okay. you're going to have to give her a retainer or you're going to have to pay up front or you're going to get a bundle of hours at a special rate. But everything is up front per month at the beginning of every month. Because a lot of the consultants I talk to, they're like, no, AJ, you can't bill at the end of the month. I'm like, fuck you. No, I want to make sure I get paid. Yeah. And so yep. I've never billed at the end of the month. Yep. Well, it's been a while. people feel that you are gouging them or you are throwing the wool over their eyes, then their credibility is lost. Mm -hmm. And, and, and principles wise, you know, I've always said, offer your services first. It's, it's servant leadership, right? You mm -hmm. serve first, but you, they have, they have to be led. So when you say, look, I will serve you to the best of my ability for the first month or for the first six months. And it's serve, serve, serve. it's not servant doormat. It's servant leadership. It's serve. And then when they say, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Say, actually, absolutely, I will. But now I have to leave you, lead you. Leading in the sense that you need to make an investment here. You need to make an investment there to get a highest ROI. You need to invest in your resources such as me because I am giving you a return on your investment and mm -hmm. I will continue serving you, but I also have to be compensated in such a manner. The, the fundamental issues that we get into into this industry is that people feel that servant leadership is literally servant bitch or servant yep. <laughs> uh, yep. doormat. It's like, what else? What mm -hmm. else can I get from this guy? And then people like sales reps who are working or, or account managers say, okay, I'll give you this. I'll give you that. I'll give you this. And they're the ones who are complaining to their bosses saying that that client is so difficult. All they do is ask, ask, ask. It's because you haven't let them. Mm -hmm. You haven't set the expectations. And you haven't understand the principles of servant leadership. Mm -hmm. I prefer to understand when's the right time to have a conversation, but I also understand that you need to be a little aggressive because if you don't ask, yep. the next guy who comes in will. Yep. And um, and so you have to provide context always, mm -hmm. right, to anyone listening. And it's hard to do that within a few minutes. But if there's, there's valuable lessons to be taken, it's always going back to the core principles, right? You, you know, it, you know. At, the, at the end of the day, I know so clearly that the like what you're talking about is is the right way to do it. And, and that's the way that I feel. And really, if someone were to listen to this or even a client, like at the end of the day, I think about it too. What are the chances that my clients are going to listen to the podcast? Very low. They, have, they don't have enough time in the day to do it. But if they do, at the very least, I think we'll see that, you know, I am truly just trying to give value. And I believe it's such a core level that I'm giving them value and that they 
can really benefit from our services and that it's a mutually beneficial thing. I'm not trying to screw anyone over. So at the end of the day, I believe that so much. And that's the way when I talk to you, like that's the mindset that we both have. So, you know, if someone doesn't understand or connect with it, they're probably just not a good client anyway, because they're they're not looking far enough past kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And um, I think patience is a big part of it, too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are looking. I, I speak to this one guy on a regular basis, and it's very difficult to change his mindset. But he would rather, he would rather get, you know, make $100 off the first job. And he's not thinking about the next job and the next job. And he may not get the next job because he's been patent that way. Like, he, he's, he's had bad experiences. So now his thing is, and because you know why? Going back to Kinfold. He was a servant doormat where mm-hmm. he gave so much, didn't set expectations, didn't provide enough value for ongoing services that he basically got used off the first job. So then now he always charges a, a high amount on the first job because he's like, that's how I set expectations. That's how I, I, I get you know, myself covered. I win. And number two, I don't I don't rely on months two. If it comes in, it's gravy. Mm-hmm. The problem is not scalable. There's yep. no ongoing, you know, and there's no credibility with you with other clients. In fact, it works counterproductive. So I'm always telling him to be patient, bite the bullet on the mm-hmm. first job, but don't give away the farm. If you know it's gonna take fifty hours, don't charge fifty one. Say, look, guys, I'm gonna break even here. I'm gonna charge you fifty hours because that's how long it's gonna take. But I guarantee you at the quality of what I provide, you're going to be really impressed. Mm-hmm. Can I at least get a commitment from you guys? If I'm able to over-deliver uh, on what I've presented and do an exceptional job, you will continue using my services in other areas and you'll explore this other service and these other add-ons and these other... Absolutely. We will do that. Um, and then you see that in the first month, you're doing a reduced rate. The second month, third month, fourth month, it's not about what you charge them anymore because they know yep. that they get three, five, ten, twelve x what you give them. So it's so nominal mm-hmm. um, that the rate on the, the invoice that you're sending them, it doesn't matter because they're making ten x on mm-hmm. on, yep. on the investment. Right. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's that's a uh, potential client I'm trying to work on right now, and it's 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 stressful to me because I know they could benefit from our services. But it is also easy to kind of look at it and be like, well, wh- why do we even need you? Like, we could do it on our own or whatever. But understanding the CEO is busy. The CEO should not be the one implementing the CRM, transitioning, implementing all the software. They, they know that it's not worth their time to be doing it. But then when you start talking about money, it's tough. So I'm in a really weird position where, like, part of me is like, I, re- I, would, I would almost be happy to do this for free for them to show them that there is value here. And I want to work with them for the next 5, 10 years. And I just don't want to be turned away by this, like, well, there's a $4,000 implementation fee. It's like, well, we don't want to deal with that right now. So I guess what you're saying really hits to what I'm going through right now, trying to think of a good way to go about doing this, where I don't want to just do it for free because that's 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 tough. But how do you make it and show that like we can give you value? We just need to get our foot in the door. You just need to give us a chance, and then you'll see how valuable our services are, and then we can really start yeah. paying and, and, and have that mutually beneficial thing. So Yeah. And, and to your point, there's a lot of business out there. And mm-hmm. this, you know how people employ people and they're like, I don't care if he has all the core competencies. I don't care if he has a Harvard degree and I don't care if he works for Google. He's just not a good cultural fit mm-hmm. because the investment is the long term. If I have a disease and I bring it through the door, it's going to spread because the mindset isn't there. And that's why it's very difficult. And so my point here, Alex, is that 
you don't have to close every single yep. prospect that comes through the door. Mm-hmm. You have to know, is this guy going to be able to grow with me? Can I, I'm, you're investing in them as much as yep. they're investing in you. So if you see that it is a two-way kind of openness, communication, transparency, understanding, and you're a good cultural fit with them and they're with you, then yes, invest and give them the farm for free in the first month mm-hmm. if you need to, because you know and you've read them very well. But if you see that they're nickel and diming you on cost for the first month, yep. and and then you you need to you need to assess that do I want to be in bed with this client? Are they going to be more headache? Because mm-hmm. if they end up giving you money, then it's going to cost you three to four times servicing them and not taking a single cent when they're calling you in the middle of the night because their expectations of something. You why isn't it doing this? Oh, well, because you haven't had the training yet. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. Uh, this is this is not working for us. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's more stress on you than it is on them because they hate you and you start hating them. Yep. And you can't get you know you can't get into bed with someone with if you both feel that way. Oh yeah, that, right? absolutely. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, and, and I think that's the thing. Like, I, I want them as a client because I see that they're going to start growing and scaling quickly and need these services, and we click very well. The first meeting that we had, like, we clicked super, super well. They need a lot of software. They need a lot of help and support, and that's exciting to me. I want a client that will actually utilize our services to the fullest potential. It sucks when I get a client that just needs the bare minimum. Like, we just need a CRM, and that's all. I don't I don't like that. I can, I can help them. I can give them value, but... I really want a client that will run with it and try new software and try new things and you know work through these different things. So that's what I see with this potential client, and that's where it's it sucks because like I'm almost considering I want to just give it a shot and see how it works. I'm almost talking mm-hmm. myself out of charging them, but I also see as you're talking about, like, I see the value in being able to do that for certain clients that are potentially a good fit. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Just gotta you know set the expectations mm-hmm. and make sure you're three wide, three deep, and make sure that you know, you, you at least lay um, those expectations and, and drop those kind of, you know, points to them saying that, look, and, and be transparent with them, right? Hey, guys, uh, you know, this is time and effort. This is cost. Um, but I like you guys. I want to make sure, because no matter how nice a client is, the minute you say, like, I'm going to do this for you for free this month, mm-hmm. a lot of people will say, okay, that means, it's super cheap and yeah you know he's just being nice to us always put even if it's one dollar you have to charge something but you can let them know it's at an extremely reduced rate based on that fact okay no so this is super helpful and uh, i don't want to take much of your time up anymore i'm going to see you at the end of the month anyway so that'll be great appreciate it definitely awesome man hey i appreciate the call i'm looking forward to uh getting together at the end of the month absolutely so cool absolutely all right take care mate yeah you too bye now This is Alex Bass with Analysis Paralysis. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I'm planning on doing many more of these. So if you could, if you enjoy this, please, if you can make your way over to iTunes and leave a review. Unfortunately, I think that's one of the only areas that that you can really review podcasts nowadays. So if you could do that, that would be greatly appreciated. You could just search for analysis paralysis. If you want to reach out to me, because maybe you want to possibly join me on an episode in the future, we can talk about business process automation, efficiency, CRM. Maybe if you're a business owner that's implemented automation. So please reach out to me on Twitter. Alex H. Bass is my handle, or you can email me at abass at aparalysis.com. Thanks so much.